Get fast in-home Wi-Fi that you can control with Xfinity XFi. See who's online, pause your Wi-Fi, or even set a curfew for the kids. That's simple, easy, awesome. Switch to Xfinity today and get a great offer. You'll get fast speeds and the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with Xfinity XFi. Plus, enjoy great coverage throughout your home and on the go. Even manage your in-home Wi-Fi network from anywhere when you download the Xfinity XFi app. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store to switch today. Restrictions apply. Welcome back to Everyday Ricochet. This is episode number five. I'm Mike. And I'm Bobby. And today, Bobby and I are going to be talking about anxiety and depression. Bobby and I both struggle with anxiety and depression. I struggle more with anxiety and panic attacks. Um, It's something that I've dealt with my whole life. I wanted to talk about it today because... It's been brought up to me several times um, just recently here talking to my friends, um, family, and I thought this is a great topic to talk about because we all hide behind the smiles and everything is fine. Um, But in reality, I think there's a lot of people that suffer from this and they don't. They they don't don't talk about it because mental illness, which is what this is this falls under is has such a stigma attached to it that it's embarrassing and i think that honestly it's nothing to be embarrassed about it's part of our makeup and i find that when i talk about it it somewhat goes away now not all the time i've learned over the years of talking to my doctor of how to live with it and deal with it without taking medicine for it Um, breathing techniques and different things but I've noticed here in the last month I've been having a lot of anxiety attacks for no reason I'll just be sitting and watching tv or playing on the computer doing some work on computer laying in bed trying to fall asleep and have horrible anxiety attacks and I keep asking myself I know the answer I know what the doctor's going to tell me because I've talked to him several times about it one of my biggest problems is my brain just doesn't shut off. It just goes and goes and goes and it gets overwhelmed. And that's where these attacks and these panic attacks come from. Yeah, I've I've suffered with it throughout my whole life. Of course, as a younger person, I didn't realize that that's what it was. I didn't like to stand up in front of a classroom and talk about something. So people just thought it was, you know, me being shy or backwards, like I said. And it's really not. And it got to a point in my early 30s where it was taking over. My girls were young teenagers at the time. And there were times when I was out with them and I just had to stop, drop whatever I was doing, get in the car and go home. And I remember having one anxiety attack at a Walmart store. My oldest daughter was of driving age and she wasn't with us. And I had to call her. To come help me because I was just so overwhelmed that I just couldn't even. That's the only thing I could think of is that if I could get her to come to me, she could help settle me down. And of course, we got home safe. It was fine. At the time, you feel like 
you're dying. You can't, your heart is, you're having a heart attack. And of course, you're not having a heart attack. But that's the way your brain deals with it. That's the way your your body responds to whatever is making it's, you feel that way. It's paralyzing. It is. For me, my attacks only last just a few minutes. They can be brought on from anything. I'll be watching TV, laying in bed, listen to music on the computer. It doesn't matter. I can be just as calm as I can be, and I get these attacks. I'm wondering how many people actually suffer from panic attacks, anxiety, depression that are not being treated. Oh, I'm sure that it's in the millions. I mean, think about how many people go to the hospital, as you and I have both done, Mm. thinking that we're having a heart attack. And when we get there, they tell us it's anxiety. And I'm sure that there have been people that have been told, oh, it's probably indigestion. Right. And they don't understand that it's it's a serious issue. They just think, oh, I'm having, you know, reflux or indigestion. They don't understand that it's an actual anxiety attack. Listen, I'm not a doctor, um, the medical side of it. I'm just talking today about what how I feel. And, and I know that there are a lot of people out there that suffer from this and are too afraid to talk about it. They're embarrassed to talk about it. But you know what? I think with social media, I know that a lot of people think that social media is the devil. (laughs) But it's not always because I know that I am in groups on Facebook. We get to familiarize ourselves and we feel like we're friends even though we've never laid eyes on ourselves. On each other? Yeah, on each other. (laughs) (laughs) But we feel at the moment that we can reach out and say, hey, I'm having this problem. I know that there's people out there in this group alone, much less the whole social network. Mm -hmm. I know that you all are out there and you understand, and I just want to know what you do. And there's been several episodes of that occurring here recently. Which is why we are talking about it today. Over the past week or so, I've been talking with friends. This is one of the topics that come up all the time about anxiety. And I think I see that more at work because I'm dealing with people who are new to the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm coming in and I'm teaching them how to do their job, how to do their job. No one likes eyes on them or feeling like they're being judged, especially being a new person on the job. Mm -hmm. And when you're told that it's not just a trainer, you're told this is a manager that's that's going to be training you, that's even more intimidating, I, yeah. I believe. That's why we get into this conversation is I try to assure these guys and girls that I train that, hey, I'm just a normal person like you. I'm not here. You just got the job. I'm not here to judge you, make you nervous. I'm trying to make you the best person you can be in this position. Right. And that seems to calm them down a little bit but we talk about this and you can see the anxiety and the nerves it's as i said earlier it's paralyzing for for me of course and i know it's got to be paralyzing for other people and you know there's different reasons for anxiety um like you have a problem at night trying to go to sleep because your mind just keeps going and going and going right 
And I, I mean, I, I've experienced that also. Both of us have been considered insomniacs. Mm-hmm. Kind of hits us differently. But it is the fact that you're not getting the sleep that your brain and your body needs to repair itself because you can't shut down. Just keep going. You can't calm yourself. I love the fact that YouTube is out there and they have things that you can listen to without having to go to the doctor and get a prescription. Or you can go to, to YouTube and sound silly if you don't know what we're talking about, but just check it out. You can find bedtime stories for adults. And you can also find different sounds to help you sleep and help you fall asleep. White noise and mm-hmm. different and things And there's like that. so many different things out there that are supposed to help you fall asleep. Most of the time, if I'm at my highest anxiety level about sleeping, I know that I don't work now. But when I used to work, I would just look at the clock and I would think, okay, you've got to go to sleep. You have to. If you go to sleep right this second, you'll have four hours before the alarm clock goes off. If you go to sleep right now, you got three hours and 22 seconds. Exactly. And you just keep going and keep going with that. And the more you think about it and the more you look at that clock, the worse it gets. It's like you're just, you're doomed. Babe, you're right. Those things do help us quite a bit. Um, The phones, white noise. YouTube videos, all these things. However, I do want to mention that if you are experiencing anxiety or depression, go see a doctor if you're not being treated. These are things that we found over a period of years of being married, finding different things to help us cope with anxiety and depression after seeing the doctor. And please don't think that YouTube is the answer to you know whatever you're experiencing right now without seeing a professional you know that's only like mike said that is something that works for us and and i know it works for other people too that because we've talked about it but that is not the fix for for everything and like i said earlier there's different types of anxiety i know that i've experienced several different types of anxiety they look different they feel different and they are also calmed or fixed by different methods a lot of people especially kind-hearted thoughtful people that are trying to help you will tell you to just breathe that's great but sometimes you just want to pinch their head off because just breathing does not yes if that was if that's what would work then you know you would automatically feel calmed down that does help but it's not just just breathe it's you have to take calming breaths you have to almost get into a meditative state to try to calm your your brain and your nerves and your energy down there's also something that is um, pretty rampant on social networks it's called three things you can see when you're having an anxiety attack find three things that you can lay your eyes on and focus on and then once you've done that stop and Think about three things you can hear and you focus on those three things. And then you can also focus on moving three parts of your body one at a time and you in that groove. And so it, it's you're taking your mind from your anxiety attack and focusing it elsewhere. This is actually an exercise that I use quite a bit. As soon as I feel a panic attack coming on, this is what I use. I 
I try to center myself and then think about three things, three or four things. And I actually just go a step further. I think about them, I look for it, and then I touch it. And usually by the fourth thing, I'm calmed down. It's such an overwhelming. I don't have to explain this. For people who have these panic attacks, it is such an overwhelming feel. There, I've had friends tell me, get over it. What are you worried about? Yeah, what are you having an anxiety attack about? We were just fine having a conversation a second ago. And you know, it could be environmental. It could be something that you smell that triggers it. It could be something that you you see but you don't really focus on. Just your mind kind of focuses on it. It could be a million things just that like, cause it. Just like those guys. I apologize for talking over you. Just like the guys at work, it's something that is overwhelming. It, mm-hmm. It's a feeling of overwhelming loss overwhelming it's it's overwhelming loss of control loss of control that's what i was trying to that's what i was trying to say because it makes you feel like you're falling down into a black hole yes the loss of control that is what i deal with it's the feeling i have to be i'm a control freak Mm -hmm. i really am i don't like to admit that but i feel like i have to control everything around me But don't you think that maybe you're a control freak because of your anxiety instead of you have anxiety because you're a control freak? No, that's exactly what it is. I feel like I have to control every bit of my life to try to not have anxiety attacks or panic attacks. Which gives you anxiety. Which in turn gives me anxiety. Right. I can't say that it's gotten worse over the years. It just sometimes it slows down and sometimes I'm thinking... I haven't had a panic attack in months, and it's before I can get that out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm like hyperventilating because you're focusing on your panic attacks again. So some of the things that I want to talk about and how I deal with it is just like what Bobby had said: breathing exercises or the look, listen, or touch. Another thing that I do, believe it or not, and it works wonders for me is I use essential oils in the diffusers. Mm -hmm. And guys, I never thought in a million years this would work. My daughter had told me about it. I actually was over at her house last winter, I think it was. As soon as I walked in, I smelled this great smell, and we got to talking about it. She said that it helps calm her down. This steam coming out of this machine is not going to calm anyone down. Right, but like I said earlier, sometimes smells trigger a panic attack. So why couldn't the opposite be true? So Bobby and the girls got me a diffuser and some oil, and I thought, okay, I'm going to try this out. And I did, and I cannot believe what a calming effect it had on me. Now he's a diffuser oil (laughs) fanatic. I I have a couple in each room. We, we use, you know, different scents at different times of the day. So there are the essential oils and the white noise and the ocean sounds and the birds chirping. And, and the bedtime stories. Yes. All these things help me and Bobby keep from having these attacks. and Or to settle down once you're in the middle of it, an attack. Yes, I like to sit here and tell you that I know the exact reason why I have them. I don't. I've talked to my therapist many times. As I said in the beginning, 
it's because my mind my mind races and I struggle with ADHD and my mind will not shut off and so I'll lay down at night thinking I'm going to bed wanting to go to sleep and I'm thinking about next week's office meeting or phone meeting I'm going to have and what do I need to do to prepare and how do we keep the dog from barking and if the kids are sleeping in their own homes you know soundly and what was the noise outside three blocks away (laughs) yeah all this thing all these things run through my head and here we go that's the perfect recipe for that anxiety is inside of me going oh yeah keep talking keep thinking and so these are the things that bobby and i do um that helps us and i would love for you guys to um, go to our website and our facebook page or our instagram and let's talk about it let's get a a conversation started on it i would love to hear what you guys have to do or what you do to help curve that anxiety and you know i i spoke about um a couple people in my groups that have been talking about this and there were so many helpful people there were people that gave um opinions about what they do one of the things was go with it don't fight it mm-hmm. you know think about it that- what is is what your anxiety is okay so if you're worried about money Say and you say to yourself, I'm worried about money right now. You know, I'm not sleeping right now. Whatever it is, face it and don't be afraid and try to run from it. That's exactly what everyone does. We don't want it. We can feel it coming on. I can feel it coming on. And the first thing I do, I'm not having a panic attack. I'm not having a panic attack. I'm not having... And then it's full blown. And now I'm worried about how do I get out of this? Mm-hmm. It's a, I said it, this is the fourth time. It's paralyzing. It is. And even when I'm experienced and know what I'm, I used to go, this is a little bit embarrassing. 15 years ago, 10 years ago, I'd wake Bobby up in the middle of the night and say, I'm going to the hospital. I'm having a heart attack. And I'd go to the hospital, and she would tell me, Mike, it's an anxiety attack. And I'm like, I'm, no, nope, this time it's for real. Um, coming home, Elizabeth. <laughs> and I'd Our go, younger listeners won't understand that reference, but that's okay. Go ahead. I go to the hospital, and Michael, everything's fine. Your heart's fine. I start thinking, like, I am losing my mind. And here's the thing. We, we've all heard this. When you go to the doctor, they say this. Anxiety has the same symptoms, feeling symptoms, as a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And my doctor... It's tricky. It tricks you into feeling like you're having a heart attack. And my doctor would say, you're not having a heart attack. It's anxiety. It took me nearly 10 years to realize... I am not having a heart attack. Until I stopped getting up in the middle of the night. He's probably the reason why I have anxiety in the <laughs> middle of the night. Well, <laughs> here's here's what I want to say is it took me so long to not get up and go to the doctors in the middle of the night or to the hospital in the middle of the night. It took me so long because I couldn't tell the difference. 
and I've never had a heart attack a day in my life. But I read, I get on the internet, I read, and it says, the symptoms you're experiencing is symptoms of a heart attack. And so I would jump up. Of course, I'm already in an anxiety state, a panic attack. So my mind is now going to the worst parts the worst possible situation the the worst possible scenario i'm having a heart attack so i'd run back to the hospital it took me so long to quit doing that because i worried what if this is a heart attack what if it's a heart attack and i'm thinking it's a panic attack right i am not telling you that this is anxiety if you are experiencing Mm -hmm chest pains or sweatiness or heaviness on your chest i don't have to tell you all this go to the hospital not saying you shouldn't go this is what i did for so many years i'm not the most healthiest person in the world but i'm not having heart attacks this is my story this is what i was dealing with this is such a touchy subject because i'm not a doctor i don't want to pretend like i know everything but I don't want to give anybody. Well, you don't want to put somebody in a situation where they're having a heart attack, but they listen to our podcast, and so they're not going to go to the hospital. Yeah, because Mike said. Yeah, Mike said <laughs> it was just a panic attack. Yeah. You know, for someone, you know your own body. You know yourself. Sorry about the dog barking in the background. Um, we are in a real household here. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, also, with all that being said, there's... There's a side issue that can come along with anxiety. And I think that I've experienced it more than Mike has. I have a lot of health issues. I have a lot of physical pain. Along with my anxiety, I get depressed. And I don't know if it's the depression that gets me down so much. And then my body hurts. Or if it's my body hurting. And then I get depressed because I can't. I have a diagnosis of lupus. Before they knew it was lupus, they thought it was fibromyalgia. So there's a lot of unexplained nerve pain, nerve issues that go along with that. You can't see it by looking at me, but it's there. It is a big cause for depression. You don't want to be 48 years old like I am, which is considerably still young. You don't want to tell your grandkids and your kids, I can't do that. I'm not feeling really well right now. People who have gone through this understand that seven, eight, nine years ago, when you were going to the doctors, they were saying, well, we can't really tell what it is. So they labeled it with, it's fibromyalgia. Well, and before that, it was, you're depressed. Uh, yes. You know, you, you have anxiety. You need to take this medicine. You need to take medicine for your depression. You need to take medicine for your anxiety. You need to take medicine for your pain, you need to take medicine to sleep, you need to take medicine to wake up. And you know, one of those side effects of just about every medicine that you pick up is trouble sleep, whether it's trouble falling asleep or trouble staying awake. Even the sleep medicine. Yes, of course. (laughs) That's the worst. You know, I just, I want to touch on the depression a little bit because I know that there's people out there that just need to hear this right now. You're not alone. There are those of us that suffer right alongside of you. And again, I think anxiety is more socially accepted to have than depression. Depression, people want to look at you and say, oh, come on, you got a chip on your shoulder. 
Why are you frowning? Turn that upside down. Real depression is not that easy. And again, if you're experiencing that, you need to go talk to your doctor about it. Um, don't hide. No, don't, don't hide. hide. And don't. Don't feel ashamed. Don't feel alone. We're out there. We're right beside you. And I don't know why society has made. Because it's a mental illness. I think that if the doctors, the healthcare insurance if they would all rename that i think that they would find that there's more people searching for help yeah because who wants to hear you know that's a mental illness right and honestly it's a brain issue most often times it is that you have a chemical imbalance in your brain so it's the same as having heart trouble it's the same as having seizures you know It's an issue that you can't fix by yourself, hiding in the dark. You have to reach out, no matter if they call it a mental illness because of your brain is your mind. It's it's not. It's really something that that can be helped. And yes, there are therapeutic ways of doing that. You can. There is medicine. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with taking medicine for it. There's therapy. You know, I encourage people. Um, I have a friend of mine, we were just talking about it, and he says to me, I don't, I'm not taking medicine. And I was like, well, why not? It wasn't, he didn't give me the excuse that it made him feel funny. He just didn't want to take it. And I think there was that stigma Mm -hmm. of if I take this, then I'm admitting to myself that there's a problem. And I told him, I said, just take it. See, it's going to make you feel better. So there is, there's medicine, there's therapy, there's, all, all there's sorts groups. Of, yeah, there's groups. more than likely, if families open up, you will see a direct link of depression in your heritage, in your ancestry. It is genetic. You are not the first person in your family to feel this. It's just that a lot of people older than us don't talk about this kind of thing. They don't discuss it. It's not to be mentioned. It's something that you hide under the rug. You put on your happy face and you go about your day. So let's start talking about it. Let's bring it to the table. Let's discuss it. Let's not hide behind it as a something is wrong with me. This is going to help me tonight not have a panic attack by talking about it. I know I used to never talk about it for that reason. I didn't talk about it at work. I didn't talk about it in family or friend circles. I didn't want to be labeled. I had enough labels on me. I didn't want one more weighing me down. And then I got to thinking about it. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm not trying to be the center of attention by saying, oh, I'm having panic attacks and anxiety and depression. Most of the time, if you're having a panic attack... You're doing everything you can to hide it. Right. People don't know by looking at you that you're having a panic attack because you're so good at shoving it down deeper and deeper. So let's bring it to the table. Let's start talking about it. I know it helps me. I know it helps Bobby. When we sit and talk about things um, like this, it really makes me feel better. It makes me feel like I'm not alone. And it doesn't make me feel like I'm crazy, quote unquote. And so... Um, We really appreciate you all listening today. We want you, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your opinions, your ideas, what you guys do to deal with everyday anxiety or depression. Or even fears. 
Fear. You know, phobias. Yeah. yeah. All of that goes hand in hand. Let us know how you're feeling. And Let us know what you do to help. And by talking about it, I'm not going to say, I'm not I'll be the first one to say it doesn't always make you feel better, but it does, it does help some. And just knowing that there's somebody else out there. There's somebody else that's laying awake at 2.37 in the morning. So thank you all for listening today. We really appreciate you guys. We are working really hard to bring you the best that we can bring. Uh, It's a work in progress. I want to remind you that Bobby and I are still fairly new in this game. We love doing this. We love spending time together talking about all these different subjects So please stick with us. Leave us a comment. Tell us how we're doing. We've been sending t-shirts out to our random listeners that that have been leaving a comment. Um, We're going to put those t-shirts on our website um, for sale along with some other items that Bobby and I are, are talking about working on. Once again, thank you all very much. You all have a great week. We look forward to getting together next time. Until then, don't forget, today is a great day. Shit. What she's trying to say is today <laughs> is a good day for a great day. Thank you all for joining us. Until next time. How do I control money? Envelopes. The first of the month, I divide up my cash. One for groceries, one for gas, one for fun. It helps plan out my spending. And that's how we came up with digital envelopes for your checking account. Our customers give us the best ideas. Huntington, welcome. And now, a thought from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes to take a spirit animal quiz online. Please be the cheetah. Please be the cheetah. And learn your animal isn't the cheetah, but the far less appealing blobfish. Oh, come on. To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 blobfish minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to GEICO. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance.